Hello, this is Pastor Daniel Cruz. Thank you so much for downloading our podcast. I enjoy spending this time with you, and I hope that this message series entitled Power of All blesses you. You may have a seat. Praise God. Today, I continue on a series entitled The Power of All, but today the series has a subtitle, and the subtitle of this message today is entitled um, Partnering with God. Somebody say Partnering with God. Come on, say it again. Partnering with God. I want you to notice something, and I want to draw your attention back to something I shared with you in the beginning of this series, The Power of All, and for those of you that are watching online through YouTube or through Facebook, I encourage you to go to our Facebook uh, page, or shall I say our YouTube page, so that you can go to the first message in this series, which I believe was the, the, the foundation uh, to this entire series. A lot of revelation and a lot of powerful principles were released in that first service. And when I was sharing in that first sermon on the power of all, listen to me very carefully, I shared with you how that we have the Western mindset and we have the Jewish mindset. The Western mindset and the Jewish mindset. And we serve God from one or the other. And there is a huge difference to how we serve the Lord, how we view the Lord, how we respond even to the Word of God, depending on, hear me, depending on what view we take, either a Greek, Hellenistic view, or a Hebraic or Jewish view. And I shared with you how that ever since a child that grows up in a Jewish family is, comes of age and now begins to learn uh, the Hebrew scriptures. They teach them from Deuteronomy. The very first verse that they teach children in Jewish families is not John 3.16. It's not John 3.16. In the Western culture, we usually gravitate to John 3.16. In fact, that's oftentimes one of the verses we teach our children when they're growing up. John 3.16. I remember teaching my children about John 3.16 when they were all small. Each one of my children will tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the scripture I taught my kids when they were small. I did not teach them Deuteronomy. If I quoted Deuteronomy, it was just that, quoting it, but I didn't teach them that. I didn't teach them Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 7. I didn't teach them what the Jewish parents teach their children from, the very, from a very early start. This is the scripture. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is what? One. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Next verse. And these words which I command you today shall be in your what? Heart. Next verse. You shall teach them diligently. Notice that. To your children. Now, we love John 3.16. And we know that John 3.16 is the gospel encapsulated. But when we teach our children from the very beginning, notice that the Bible does not say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Make sure that you teach your children this. He didn't say that. He stated a fact. But he didn't make that fact the first thing we learn. But yet, in Deuteronomy 6, 7, it is an instruction from the Lord. And it says, you shall teach them diligently to what? To your children. Let me ask you a question. How many of you that have children have taught your children Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6? How many of your children can memorize? You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. How many of us have obeyed that command? Yet God saw it important enough to make it a command, to make the instruction a demand. Watch this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, verse 5, with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Notice it's all-encompassing. God says, I don't want there to be space, room for you to miss this. I want your children to make sure they get this. So I want you to make sure that you bear in mind that this must be taught to them at every opportunity given you. Next verse. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Is God trying to make an emphasis here? Has he made the emphasis? Next verse. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Pause there and look up here. So God wants us to partner with him. But in order for us to partner with him, watch this now, God is not partnering with us. Big difference. We have to partner with God. Is there an amen? God partnering with us means we take God and we want God to approve of all of our choices and decisions. 
That's God partnering with us. Well, God, this is the man I choose. This is the woman I choose to marry. Bless it, Lord. Bless this union when God says, it's better for you to follow me. Because if you follow me, I'm going to direct you in the right path. Are you listening to me? Somebody say amen to that. Amen? So watch this. So God says, make sure that you what? Make sure that you partner with me. Now watch this. Partnering with God. In order for us to partner with God, we have got to first understand that we have to love God with what? Love God with all of our heart. Not some of it. Go back to that scripture. We have to love God with what? All of our heart. Why does God say all of our heart? Because if we don't love him with all of our heart, that means that our heart is divided. We have to teach our children that our children need to love God more than they do anything or anyone on planet earth. God is numero uno. God is number one. Amen? God is first. Period. When we teach, when we teach, when we teach our children to love God first before we teach them that he loves us. What does the Bible say in the New Testament? In the New Testament, the Bible says that we didn't love God first. It says he loved us first. Is there an amen? He loved us first. So you don't have to worry about that. What we have to do is make sure we love him. Is there an amen? That we what? Love him. That we love him. Automatically, God stated in his script, in the word of God, that he loves you. The Bible says he loves you with an everlasting is there an amen? amen? With cords, hallelujah, of love has he drawn you. Is there an amen? amen? Glory to God. So God loves you, but we have to teach our children and listen, teach ourselves that we have to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our might. What does that mean? We have to love him with all of our heart. That means spiritually, with all of our heart. Then we have to love him with all of our soul. That means mentally, emotionally. Is there an amen? And we have to love him with all of our might. That means all of our strength. Physically, we love God. You can't say you love God emotionally, but yet your body is used for everything ungodly. God says, if you're going to love me, you have to love me with all of your heart. Some of you love God spiritually, but you despise him with the way you use your bodies. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is there an amen? And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to address this right now. But I'm going to tell you this whole thing with legalizing marijuana in, 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 in Illinois, do not be fooled 
God spoke to me clearly as I was in prayer. And God says there is a demonic, satanic agenda to numify the country, to dumbify the country. Because numb people, numb people, desensitized people, dull people don't make sharp decisions. Are you listening to me? Why do you think they're putting up billboards everywhere? Do not drive high. Because your response is affected. Your responses are affected. You slow down. You dumbify. Are you listening to me? You don't grow sharper, keener. You become more stupid. Huh? What's up? <laughs> you become stupid. And America is becoming more stupid, starting with California. From the West Coast to the East Coast. And we're eating it, swallowing it. It's legal. Yay. I was driving to, to Betsy's salon the other day to take my wife. <laughs> I'll make that clear. And as I'm driving, I'm right down the street from her salon is a new pot store dispensary and at eight in the morning there was a line that was wrapping around the store and I had to pause slow my car down to look at the dumb I don't mean to be offensive folks but when I looked at the faces of these people, I'm like, is that what we want our children to look like? They look like zombies. They looked like they had just gotten up from bed because they, didn't, they wanted to make sure they were the first in line. Try to get these same people up for church. 10 o'clock service? Are you kidding me? 11 a.m.? Uh-uh. But you'll get up at 7 in the morning to be in line by 8 in the morning to go get some pot. Can I, can I camp out here a little bit? What are we doing? Listen to me carefully. There, America, there is an agenda, a demonically strategized agenda 
And it's not for you 60-year-olds. It's not for you even 50-year-olds. It is for your children. The enemy is after your children because if he can get them young and he can alter their brain chemistry and he can begin to deal with their unformed brain. Come on, somebody. And he's able to affect it at a young age. He will dumbify the next generation and they will not be smart enough to understand what the devil is doing. And he's doing it through legislation. Are you hearing me? And he's using legislation. And get this. Who is it that's putting these laws into place? Tell me. Who is it? Let me tell you who it is. Listen, and I'm not talking Democrat or Republican or Independent. They're all jacked up and they're all messed up. Listen to me carefully. I'll tell you who it is that's behind it. Number one, it's the devil, but he's using... He's using the flower child, the old 60s flower child, the ones that were potheads in the 60s that are now in suits in Washington making laws. And he has these now looking respectable, making laws. And they don't care, by the way, how it affects your children or your personal life. They don't care how it affects the crew's household. They don't care how it affects the crew's household. Nobody asked me. Pritzker did not ask me. Is it a good idea, Pastor Cruz? How do you think it would affect your 17-year-old, 13-year-old? Well, pastor, there's a certain age limit. Oh, sure. 18-year-olds, 19, 21-year-olds are buying this stuff in bulk, then going to your children's high schools and selling it for a profit. We ain't stupid. Is this all right? Somebody's got to say it. Don't get mad at me, y'all. Well, pastor, it's all natural. So is boric acid. So is heroin. So is Norco. Would you give Norco to your children? It's all natural. Let me backtrack and go back into the... Mm -hmm. Love God first. Is there an amen? amen? Come on, somebody. Teach your children to love God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their might. Is there an amen? 
Teach your children to love God with all their heart, with all their mind, all of their soul, and with all of their strength. Somebody shout, yes! God has called us to partner with Him. We are called to partner with God. Deuteronomy says, love the Lord your God. Teach that to your children. Is there an amen? amen. Malachi chapter 4. Pastor, are we going there again? No, no, no. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. What does it say? Listen to this. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Pause there for a moment. God says, I'm going to send Elijah or the spirit of Elijah back to you. It's a twofold sending. Not only is he sending the spirit of Elijah back in the end times that will turn the hearts of the father toward the children and the hearts of the children towards the fathers, but watch this. He's also going to send Elijah back physically. Physically. When you and I are gone and raptured, the Bible teaches that God's going to send Elijah back. He's going to come back because he hasn't seen death. Elijah hasn't died. The Bible says that when Elisha, the, uh, the, the other prophet, was looking at him, getting ready to receive a double portion of Elijah's ministry and anointing, the Bible says that a, a, a fiery a chariot came and took Elijah up into heaven, and Elijah never saw death. Elijah right now is in heaven in, your, in physical body. And since time stands still in heaven, he's going to come back probably the same age he left as if it would have been yesterday. Watch this. Next verse. And he, Elijah, or the spirit of Elijah, will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a what? Curse. And he will return, or he will turn, glory to God. He will turn, Elijah will come to seek to turn the heart of the what? Fathers towards the? And children? Towards the Father. Lest I come and strike the earth with a what? With a curse. Hold on a second, because I need to teach you something so that you will never let this go over your head again. Is there an amen? amen. This is speaking about a time before the coming of Christ. Go back to the previous verse. And I will send you Elijah the prophet before. Before, everybody say before. before. The coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That speaks about the end times in which we live. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Next verse. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a what? Curse. There are many that will teach you God does not curse today. I've had pastors tell me, we're under grace, pastor. 
Curses were Old Testament things. God doesn't curse in the New Testament. That's a verse in the Old Testament speaking about the New Testament. And he says right before the coming of the Lord, God says, if the earth doesn't turn, if the hearts of fathers don't turn toward their children, children towards their fathers, God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to strike the earth with a curse. Did you hear me? Nowadays, we have SARS. We have Corona virus causing the nations to tremble. Are you listening to me? You think that just came out of the clear blue? And I know there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories on, online. Well, this came from a laboratory in China, and they were working on chemical warfare, and then this leaked, and it went, and it, I don't care how it came. The bottom line is, it came. And now it's spreading like wildfire. And you can catch it by someone sneezing next to you, coughing next to you. That's why the earth is filled with fear right now. Did you hear me? You and I ought not be fearful. Is there an amen? Because Psalms 91 says, we shall not fear disease. He will deliver us from disease. Is there an amen? Ah, oh, somebody better say amen to that. Is there an amen? So it's important for us to understand that the earth is being cursed with a curse. Why? Because the fathers have turned away from their sons and the sons have turned away from their fathers. You don't see honor from child to parent, parent to child on television. Turn on the TV. Any channel, cable channel, local network channels. Look at the sitcoms. Usually sitcoms are a reflection of culture. And you'll see children, teenagers, bad-mouthing parents, talking about their parents, ruling their homes, fathers looking like, they, like they're walking around with their tail between their legs. Come on, somebody. Examine the culture. God says that's got to change. And if it doesn't, there's going to be curse-like conditions. Everybody say curse-like conditions. But that's not the God that I serve, Pastor. That's not the God that you serve, but that's the God of the Bible. Is there an amen? amen? But the Bible says that God, he received curse so that we would not be cursed and so on and so forth. Well, that's not talking. That's, it, it depends what curse you're talking about. God talks about cursing the earth. Are you listening to me? The earth is going to be redeemed in the last day. Come on, somebody. Mm. My time is gone. And I need to shift here. Somebody say partnering with God. Come on, say it again.
This is something we're going to be giving to every single family. Family. So if you're married, then you get one per couple. Your children will not get it. You, as a parent, get it. Is there an amen? Okay. The other thing that I want you to, listen, think about is this. This that God has called us to do is something for all of us. Somebody say, for all of us. Say, it's the power of all. Is there an amen? It's not the power of you and the power of me. It's the power of Everybody on the count of three, one, two, three, the power of all. all. Now, this is an official launch today. And this launch is our building a legacy of faith launch or campaign, if you will. I don't like to call it campaign because this is more of preparation to build preparation to establish a legacy for your children and for our children. Listen to me. Hear me. If as a church, all we do is for this generation right now, and we're not thinking about the next generation, then we are not allowing our heart to turn toward our children. And God says, if a church does not turn their heart toward their children, there are curse-like conditions that follow that, that type of ministry. Why? Because God says, what are you doing? You're living for one generation? When God says, I send forth my spirit, the spirit of Elijah, to turn your heart toward the next generation. That's what it, that, that's what it says, or that is what it is saying when it says, the fathers turn their heart toward the children. Is there an Amen. Now, my question is, as a church, are we turning our heart toward the ones that are growing up, the children in this ministry? Are we, as a ministry, turning our heart toward the children and going way beyond you and me? L listen to me carefully. I'm 55 years old, and I'm about to be 56 in April. Listen to me. If I live to be 90, how many years do I have? 35. Are you hearing me? 35. I'm speaking hypothetically. Listen to me very carefully. My daughter is 20 years old. She's going to be 21 in November. And when I look back to the last 21 years, they pass like, this some of you have children that you look at them now they're teenagers eight they're going to be 18 19 they're an adult now yet it was it seemed like only yesterday they were walking around in diapers in other words things are moving and if we don't move Faster than how things are moving, we're going to be left behind and we're not going to amount to anything significant as it relates to leaving a legacy. Is there an amen in the house? God, listen to me. God has given us an opportunity that we may not get this opportunity again in our lifetime. 
I said, God has given us an opportunity that we may not get this opportunity again in our lifetime. Some of you, God has you in this church and this is an opportunity that you will not get again to be able to sacrifice and to be able to build something that is going to surpass your longevity. Is there an amen? And it's all about legacy. And as a church, we just don't, we just don't powwow around services. We just don't build around services. Services are here today, gone tomorrow. Churches are opening up and closing. Every year, 1,800 churches approximately close in America. Why? They're not building for the next generation. They're not building for the next generation. Somewhere along the line, they turn their heart away from the children. Are you listening to me? Churches that last are churches that say, wait a minute, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to sacrifice whatever it takes to sacrifice. Whatever it takes. We're in a season right now, we're not going to be in forever. But we're in a season right now, we need to be in. Because God has put us here. Some of you are planning on buying a house. What if God says, put that on hold? Put that on hold for my house. Some of you are planning on buying a car. Not because you desperately need it, but you would like it. Maybe God is saying, put that on hold. And take care of the next generation. Take care of the next generation. Some of you are sitting, listen to me, some of you are sitting on equity in your homes. Back when we were building Faith World in, on Fullerton Avenue, which by the way, is a thriving church, great church. I went there just the other day, spoke to the pastor, so happy. The church is, is doing fantastic. We, that is a part of our legacy. Our legacy. Our legacy. And they recognized it. They honored me when I walked in there. I didn't expect that, but they honored me when I walked in there. Pastor Cruz, wow, look at what we've done and look at what this and that and so on and so forth and how do, this and this and that. And he wanted to show me all of the little, the little renovations that they've done. But it was sacrifice. We have an opportunity. And I'm going to tell you something, Faith World. This is probably the last, the last big project as far as building that I'm going to partake of. And probably that you're going to partake of. Are you listening to me? So what are we going to do? Are we going to let this pass us by or are we going to say whatever needs to happen? You know what I did in, 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 in the first church? I went to my equity. I started tapping into my equity. I had, I had, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood, well, I had, there was a lot of equity in the home. And I remember that I took out, the first thing I took out was $160,000, $100,000. I took out, I came to the church, leadership, and I said, here, $100,000. I took out another 60000 because we needed 60000 
I went back, and about two years later, I took out another $100,000 from my equity. I bought a house, and the Lord just caused some crazy things to happen with that house. We bought it dirt cheap. It was in West Bucktown. And man, that shot up so high. And so I used that. I didn't go buy a yacht. Didn't even buy a house, y'all. Another house, vacation, whatever. I gave to God's house. If I sacrificed like that, I know for a fact there are people here that God will speak the same thing to because how can he speak to me about that and not to you? Is there an amen? Now watch this. Every one of you will receive this. There's a letter from me and my wife. Our ministry commitments. You'll see areas of ongoing commitment. It's important that we live by. Our prophetic timeline. Our prophetic timeline. When we started in 19, when I received the word of the Lord to pastor a church in 1989 and how God began to fulfill his word to us. And then in 19... Uh, I'm sorry, in, in 1989, then in 1991, we launched the church. It's our prophetic timeline here. Everything God said was going to happen began to happen. Somebody say amen. So we have a history of God doing things for us and with us. Is there an amen? And then in 1999, we receive a prophetic word that we're going to get a building that used to be a printing company. And then in, in 2019, the fulfillment of that prophetic word. And so you'll read that there. You'll also see the seven pillars that God spoke to me about building our church on. Key ministry initiatives. These are ministries that we have in this church functioning right now, right now. Also, you'll see the Faith World timeline from 1991 on down to 2019, various things that have happened. Giving in the power of all. You're going to see back here in this page areas or ideas that God is going to touch your heart on ways of giving, various ways of giving. Listen to me very carefully. This is a very important paper right here, this card. This card, 2020 Legacy Campaign, we have broken up the families in this church to units. Everybody say, one family equals one unit. Okay. And so, according to our records, according to our records, okay, we have in our, now these are not one-time givers, by the way. These are frequent givers. We have 500 and so people that consider themselves members of Faith World Church. Do they show up all the time, consistently, uh, in one service? No, they do not. But they're, they're ongoing and, and they're constantly giving as well. Are you listening to me? Whether they give, uh, well, through the various means of giving. We've put them here in this sheet. So, and we have prayerfully, we have put approximately how many units do we think will give $10,000, a one-time gift of $10,000. How many units? Okay. And you'll see here, we put one unit, 
we believe that there's one family here that can give that amount. Three units, three families that can possibly give 5,000. By the way, my wife and me, my family, the Cruz family, we're giving 5,000 toward this capital campaign. Also, there are six units, for example, six what? Which are six what? Families that we believe can give 2,500 towards this. Twelve. There are 12 families we believe that can possibly give 2,000. 21 families that can possibly give 1,000. 130 families, based on our database, that can possibly give 500. Now, we don't want you to think this way. Well, keep on going down the line, Pastor. Uh, it says here, other 100. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm going to give. If, 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 if you give that, but yet you are able to sacrifice and give five, 2,500, two, then you're not being faithful to God. Is there an amen? Okay, only about five people are clapping. The rest of you all are in shock, or what's going on here? Okay. Now watch this. Some of you might ask this question, but Pastor, what happened to the, to the, uh, the 75,000 that we said we were going to collect? Remember that? How many of you remember, remember that? Okay. We collected 10,000 from that, and we were instructed by the one who we trained we under to do things properly, we were instructed by them and advised to stop that campaign because it wasn't structured enough. Hello? Okay. So it wasn't structured enough. There was, there was, uh, it was going to take a long time to try to accomplish that without any structure. Somebody say structure is what holds things up. Okay. And so, and so that's why we paused that, okay? Um, so what we have here is the amount you'll see that we want to, that we need to collect during this campaign. There's going to be several campaigns we're going to have, uh, really two throughout the year, okay? But this one is crucial. Everybody say crucial. Say it again. Okay. Now, this is very, very important, okay? What we're asking for you to do is when you take this, is for you as a, as a family, as a couple, to pray, to say, okay, this is what we're going to give as a family. But you have to make sure you understand that God is placing on you a, a demand for sacrifice. Everybody say, sacrifice. Okay. Because if it's not a sacrifice, if you don't feel it and it's not a sacrifice, and a sacrifice usually hurts, right? That's why whenever there was sacrifices in the temple, you would hear screaming. Ble it's called bleeding. It was the sacrifices crying out because they were being sacrificed. And so it's important for us to make sure that we pray and say, okay, this is how much I'm going to give for this capital campaign. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Okay. Um, when are we going to give this? Well, we're going to give this, hear this, 
we're going to give this on Easter Sunday. So Easter Sunday is when we come with our sacrificial legacy offering. Everybody say legacy offering. My, my vision and my faith is that we're going to pass the, the amount we need. Is, that, is there an amen? Is there an amen? Now, hold on. Because just in case you're not excited or happy about this, it's because you're thinking like a Hellenist. You're thinking like a Greek. You're thinking, it's going to cost me. You can't think that way. God has not called you to do it on your own. He's called us to do it. Is there an amen? Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Pastor, but how am I going to do this? Well, you have income tax that's coming, income tax season. I don't know how many of you, but back when I was, I had all my kids in my house, I couldn't believe when the accountant would tell me, you're getting back $10,000 return, sign right here. I used to be like, uh, what? I couldn't believe that I was getting that much back. That's why I'm trying to get my oldest daughter back. I'm like, dear God, get back here. In the name of Jesus, we got a building to build. Get back here, woman of God. No, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Faith. So, if, 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 if you think, well, no, we have to go on vacation. Well, what if God is calling you to skip vacation, family vacation this year for him? Do you believe that God can make it happen some other way? He can make it happen some other way. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't know what your sacrifice is going to look like and where it's going to come from. But one thing I do know is that everyone here in the power of, we're going to all sacrifice. Is there an amen? Is there an amen? Everybody stand to your feet. For those of you that, um, for those of you that gave last year, you might say, well, I gave last year in that 10,000, remember the 10,000? I ask you to, this year, to give again. And, and I'm, folks, I'm being bold only because I know what's at stake here. We're building for our children. We're building for children that we don't even know yet. We're building for an, another generation. Is there an amen? That's why I'm being bold. I'm not holding back, and I'm not being embarrassed or ashamed of anything. Because this, this church has call, has, is called to do something that we're not going to get another opportunity, perhaps, to do again. Is there an amen? We're not going to get this opportunity, guys, to build again like this. So let's take advantage of it in the name of Jesus and do what God has called us to do. Is there an amen? All right. Um, so the ushers are going to stand here in the front, okay? And, and, and some of the pastors here. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to please come grab one of these. Now, hold on. I, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to take it. Go through it, 
and say, well, I'm going to take this to my job and I'm going to get them to give. Don't do that unless you sacrifice first. Because, now you might say, Pastor, but what do you mean? Are you saying that, what if my job wants to give $5,000? Praise the Lord. But God wants to bless you. You. Is there an amen? Do you see where my heart is? Hello? Do you see where my heart is? My heart is not, hey, take this, take this to your jobs, as many people as you can, strangers, come on and give. No, 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 no. God wants to bless you, us, this house. Is there an amen? It's, it's, about, it's about us. It's about us. God doing it for us. Is there an amen? So when I count to three, I'm going to ask for you to get out of your seat. If, if there's a husband and wife, will you come down as a symbol of unity with your spouse, please? Like, wives don't send your husbands, husbands don't send your wives. Both, can you both come walking and, and, grab, and grab one, please? One, two, three, come on. Just raise that up, please. Anthony. 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 I'm calling you, man. Raise up the mic. to be having these available next week as well pastor Dennis next week make sure that you also make this available to them for the ones that were not here today amen in the name of Jesus and by the way hold on if you are single don't say well that's for families no, you are a family of one. Okay, so make sure that you grab one as well, please. Very important. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, how many of you receive the word of the Lord today? Amen? Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. If there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life, they don't know the hope that lies on the inside of us and the reason why we are willing to sacrifice as a church and to build for the next generation is because of the Savior's love and what He's done for us. And now in return, we love Him back and we seek to work diligently to establish His kingdom. Father, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord, 
that they would come to the knowledge of Christ right now. If there's anyone here right now that doesn't know Jesus as Lord, can everyone say this on the count of three? One, two, three. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From this moment on, seal me with your Holy Spirit. Right now, wash me, cleanse me, and write my name in the book of life. I thank you that I am saved. Praise the Lord. God bless you. To get our latest messages. And also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You know, it's always an honor and a privilege to come to you on a regular basis to deliver to you the life-giving Word of God. Until next time, God bless you.